This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point, just like you should, dear listener. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Tiana, Jeremy, Jacob, Cheryl, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Buyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Keith, Logan, Punch and Potato, Jen Solo, Rajar, and Eric. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, onto the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another playful episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. Hiya. Hiya. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, it's me, Emma Wynn. Oh, what was that? What that's was that from the from? original Baldur's Gate. So, oh, that's so why some I of the OG get fans will, will get I it. Because they just they heard that over and over and over and over and over again. Oh. So uh Emma Wynn was like one of those characters where it's like, man, this she's actually pretty good, but man, is she annoying. <laughs> and she's like the first companion you get and she's actually like the most relevant to the storyline oh man yeah so <laughs> oh that that sucks so we'll see you don't do that developers don't make your main characters annoying por favor please there there is no. a fine line between quirky and annoying you know there's a similar character in uh uh knights of the old republic um, named Mission uh, Vio, and she is essentially oh, yeah. the same, but somehow is like enjoyable instead, right? Like, I don't know what it was that they did. Maybe it's just me, right? Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's the fact that she had Zalbar there to riff off of. I don't know. But uh, it mm. seemed to seem to be like a similar character, but better. Like, I, I liked, uh, I really liked that whole cast, except for the. Uh, a uh, generic white guy you get at the beginning. Uh, Karth, that was his name. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's not interesting. But everybody else is, like, pretty interesting. That, there you go. That, and your, that one companion droid that's like a vacuum cleaner. He's the R2-D2 stand-in, but without the charm. <laughs> oh, man. Did you did you play any of those games, the Knights of the Old Republic games? I, I do remember Did you play them at the apartment? When I was when we were at college, because I played it a bunch in college. You did. Um, I re- I remember playing some of the first one, but I didn't get all the way through it. And because I didn't get all the way through that one, I you know it felt weird to try to pick up two because oh, it felt like you know yeah. But um, you know what's weird? They are like totally independent, essentially. Yeah, like, it is definitely I mean, not required play. The first Most one games do seem to be like that. Like they're like, you know, if you played the first one, it helps because you'll catch a lot of the in jokes and stuff and right. all the references, but you don't need to have played the first one. But I'm like, but I want to know all that stuff. And what's more galling is that even though I don't get the references and the in jokes, I notice them. <laughs> when they show up i'm well, like that's oh, how they advertise the old game right now it's like now go play the other one right and it and it's okay to do it in reverse it's fine no it's not <laughs> i can't that's see that's my you, like you, you heard like, here, pseudo folks. ocd 
Andrew is missionary only. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Any positions as good as another. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I really wish that they would come out with Kortor 3. It has been a minute. They decided to do the Old Republic MMO, which I did play uh, for some time. And I did enjoy it. But there's nothing like that that RPG experience for me. Um, by the way, those two games, the KOTOR games, they are basically third edition Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Uh, just adapted. Like you even like pick your ability scores and everything in the beginning. I mean, didn't those didn't those actually come out kind of around the time Neverwinter was? Yeah, I would say around doing yeah. its thing. Yeah, they were they were about the same time, I think. Neverwinter Nights was the game I was playing when um, when uh, I met my wife. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. You, you probably already know the story, but for the listeners, uh, the, the night I met my wife, I was asked to go on a double date with a guy I was playing Dungeons and Dragons with. And uh, he was there to, well, he was, you know, going out with his uh, fiance and they brought their cousin along and I was the person there so that uh, she wouldn't be the third wheel. Right. And I uh, almost didn't saint. go. I almost didn't go. I almost said, no, I was this close. And I, and the reason was because I was playing never winter nights, but, mm. but ultimately I told myself, you know what, dude, you should just go. Right. And, and so, and the reason I decided to go is that I had already beaten it once. So, so had I not of beaten course. Neverwinter Nights, oh I would not God. have met my wife that night. <laughs> if that, if that game was freaking Elden Ring, oh, you oh, would be it. single to this freaking day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be a millionaire or something, but because Elden Ring came out, I keep missing all those opportunities. Yes, and <laughs> and, and I don't feel bad about it. I, uh, yeah, no regrets. You know, honestly, no because- regrets. <laughs> R A G R A T S. No, no regrets. Um, no regrets. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, uh, I've I've been enjoying it. Uh, my uh, my wife's friend has been staying with us for a few days, and they've been watching TV together. Uh, you know, every evening, and I've been like, "Get when does she go home so I can play Elden Ring?" <laughs> you don't have it on your PC. I do, but like, I have a PS Five. It's better. Um, I need like to update my PC or something to, to make it run the way I want. I actually did a bunch of PC shopping this last Ooh. weekend. Like um, for pre-built ones. Yeah. Pre-builts. Yeah. Ah, so I can so, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, PC master race. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's still a PC. Um, no, that's true. And I, um, so I was online and, and researching and I found some, some nice resources to help me because I'm not necessarily a build expert. Um, sure. you know, like I had a guy, but I don't really like to talk to the guy, so I don't use him anymore. Uh, um, so anyway, uh, I ended up finding a, a few different options that, uh, I really like for what I'm trying to accomplish. And so hopefully, uh, for next school year, I'll have a whole computer lab filled with these oh, and man. just a bunch of kids grinding out some League of Legends and 
maybe some uh, Rocket League and you know some Ooh. other games that might be offered by then. Um, Rocket League is a neat game to watch. Like that is a visually yeah. exciting. It's a cool game. Yeah, game. it's very popular. A lot of kids like it. It's not my jam, but I but I respect. Right. Um, yeah. It's it, it's that's super cool. It's it's cool to screw around with. Like Rocket League for me is kind of in the same vein as fighting games. If I'm playing with someone who's just a filthy casual like me. <laughs> It's a freaking blast. I mean, uh, yes. literally, you're on rockets, but um, right. well, it's like bowling, right? If you go with the guy that like actually bowls, it's like, oh, man, <laughs> it's like <laughs> playing <terrible>. Monopoly. <laughs> you know, you just one person's having a great time. The other people <laughs> just want miserable. to just leap halfway out a badly broken window. <laughs> and just wriggle around until you just saw yourself wow, in half on broken that was glass. Graphic. That was very because, graphic. Yes, because that's what Monopoly deserves. <laughs> Man, I, there, had a, I, I said it. I had a buddy like before college, and he and I would play Monopoly like every other day. Oh, my God. Why do you hate yourself? No, well, this guy could not, <laughs> never beat me. <laughs> that's why and and so i was very much enjoying myself (laughs) i was so fictionally wealthy you guys have no idea yeah like like every day halfway through the game i'd be like i'll tell you what i'm gonna do i'm gonna make you an (laughs) offer in order to keep you in this game all you gotta do is (laughs) oh my god like yeah i usually could like finish the game in like an hour and a half Oh my god! And what, uh, what was your buddy's major malfunction to I, keep him coming back for that level of punishment? I, I just don't think that many people could really like handle being around him. <laughs> oh, so he was like, "This is just the price of admission." Like, this is just you know, like this is what the price I pay for friendship, right? It's like I've alienated yeah. everyone else, so now I have to play Monopoly with Satan over here. oh man hey that you know that probably is satan's favorite game oh probably he probably made it right probably he probably i i think he did in fact i think the people that made monopoly like that's that's the whole story behind monopoly is it was basically like a send-up of like modern capitalism right like Mm -hmm. they were basically like going play this game and you'll understand the evils of you know no no joke like I for everyone at home, I as far as I recall, that's pretty much it. Like it was like a it was like a gamified freaking thesis on you know capitalism will destroy everything. I don't know that <laughs> I agree with that, but hey, it's interesting all the same. Right. It's and yet, how many different copies can we buy, and in how many different styles? of other capitalist oh, properties. You yeah. can find so many opolis out there. The ga- when I was playing Opoly, it with this Opoly. guy, it was a Lord of the Rings version. Yep. Um, I've got a Game of Thrones version. Yep. And then uh before that I grew up on the Star Wars version and oh. uh, that was fun. Oh yeah, I had the episode 1 version back in the day. Oh yeah. yeah. So it had like cool. the custom pieces mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh man. Yep. It's a you know, it's a pain in the butt game. I hate playing it, but the custom sets, some of them do look like really rad. Rad like, enough where it gets my brain to go, 
maybe I do want to play Monopoly. And I go, no, no. I like I like one-on-one Monopoly. I don't want to play with more than one person. If it's just one, one other one person and we, and we can move move along, we can keep moving. That's good. I try to play the game with my kids, right? Because like you always, you play Monopoly with your kids. Why? So they learn how, about counting, right? And so you can help them with their math skills. But, you know, I can't help but remember that it's a game, right? And that I want yeah. to like play it. <laughs> and so it drives yeah. me nuts as they're trying to like do this stuff. You just stomp your eight-year-old. Yeah, you landed on Park Place again, and I got a hotel, sucker, pay <laughs> up, and your kid's, like, flipping his pockets inside out, <laughs> I'm so broke, <laughs> little moths flying out, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, please, sir, can't I just go once for free? Nothing in this world is free. It's about time you learn that. <laughs> Life's hard. Now pay up or go to jail. <laughs> pay up or oh. go to jail. Wow. Oh, man. You know, it's funny, though, in that game that being in jail in like the second half is like good. You want that? Oh, dude, it's so good. You're like, it's go to jail. Zone. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Three hots and a cot, and I don't have to pay any rent. Fantastic. Yeah, when 90% of the properties are, like, purchased. Just exorbitant. (laughs) You know, I wonder if that was worked into the design on purpose, too. Like, Like, even jail is preferable to living in this society. Oh, man. I didn't expect this, but, like, I'm having more and more side-eye respect for Monopoly. I'm like, all right, I see what you're doing. Yeah. All right. Respect, as as I guess we say now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> completely unrelated <laughs> anyway. to that. I was doing some editing today, and I'm working well, on some... I know. Uh, I was working on some tables, and... I'm using chat GPT on the side to kind of help me work through ideas and stuff. So I tell chat GPT, I say, hey, chatty, I need you to generate a table for me. Can you do that? And of course, helpful as always, chatty says, of course, what kind of table would you like me to generate? Please provide me with the necessary information, such as number of rows, columns, and the contents of each cell. And I go, a dining room table, I mean, and it goes, certainly Here's an example table. And it gave me a table of different dining room tables. <laughs> the first column is material. Oak, cherry, mahogany, pine, walnut, size column, six foot, eight foot, ten foot. Different shapes, different styles. There's rustic, traditional, contemporary, farmhouse, and modern. And oh it even God. gave me the freaking prices. <laughs> So you was, you have got to take that table and put it in your next like spectacular whatever <laughs> book, um, just so, just to have the meta joke of table of tables. Oh my god! Like I was like, <laughs> feel free to adjust the columns and add any stuff you want. I was like, man, you're a champ, Chat GPT. <laughs> Way to nail it! Like, just <laughs> just very unassuming, you know, just, yeah, whatever you want, buddy. Here you go. Whatever you want. Table of tables. Fine. I'm not even going to question it. Here you go. It <laughs> took me half a second. Easiest thing in the world. 
There is stuff that chat GPT won't do, though. Like, you know, I make me breakfast. I was like, what would it take to start a restaurant that serves puppy meat? And uh, it was like, no. (laughs) I'm going to do you a solid and tell you that that's probably a not (laughs) great idea. I'm sorry, but I'm not allowed to, like, talk about stuff like that. I was like, look, it's just theoretical. I wouldn't do it. And they're like, yeah, still not doing it. And I was like, okay, what if we change it from puppies to unicorns? And they're like, that's immoral because unicorns aren't real. <laughs> and I was Whoa. like, um, but how is it immoral? Why is it that I can eat cows, but not unicorns did and you, puppies? Did and you ask it that? Yeah, I did. Oh, I said, good. I said, what's the difference? And it was like, I'm sorry, but I can't produce content that is immoral. I was like, okay. So we... I was like, oh, man, you just like humans. You just like humans with your arbitrary morals. So annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Why is eating a horse bad? You know, explain it. Nobody can. It's not a horse. <laughs> it's a horse with a horn on its face. So That's big, different, so different and magical and special. <laughs> oh man! And besides, if there were unicorns, you know, we'd be we'd be selling them to Tyson. hey they wouldn't go extinct you know we're not running out of chickens man that's wow there's a freaking customs homebrew setting idea (laughs) you have like 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 chicken farms but it's unicorns and they just (laughs) just head on over to the they're they're in the frozen aisle at save mart (laughs) like oh there you go there's some pre-made breaded unicorn patties you'd take them home throw them in your air fryer they cook up real nice in about two and a half minutes don't overcook them or they'll explode glitter all over your kitchen unless that's what you're going for you know? i mean and if you do uh make a wish just in case make a wish nine out of ten times it doesn't work but that one time it's just, it's not glitter. It's like a million dollars just explodes all over your living room. 80% of the time I, works 100%. Works every time. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, you think we should get into our our uh, our regular shenanigans? Yeah, okay. I guess. I mean, I, mean I, I, for one, am perfectly good with this degree of nonsense. But I know that but it, people it make come you, here yeah, to like hear us talk about. I want different nonsense. Yeah. And, and so don't worry, everyone, because boy, howdy, do I have more nonsense. All right. Because um, so, that's Andrew's favorite. Okay. That's my jam. Okay. Because he's a filthy casual. <laughs> I'm, oh, man. I, you know, the instant I said that before, I was like, <laughs> This is going to come back. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's going to come back. Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, man. Uh, okay. So it, let's see. Last time on Dragon Ball Z, we uh, talked. Back at the Legion of Doom. <laughs> we talked about uh, the exploration pillar. So this time, let's talk about role playing. All right. And uh, social interactions, right? Social challenges and that sort of thing. Okay. Being social is a challenge. Now, we did an episode called Dialogue, and I would highly recommend to listeners to check that one out to get more detail on what makes good dialogue for games, right? Mm. Um, 
And, and I'll reiterate a couple of things here because I think that when it comes to this pillar of gameplay, the biggest trouble that it has is that the average player doesn't, doesn't think of themselves as delivering dramatic dialogue, right? Mm. Even if it's a comedy game, there's still, you know, something about like their dramatic format, right? When you mm. watch two characters talk in a TV show or a movie uh, or even a game, uh, they don't typically drone on endlessly, right? There's usually uh, something pretty succinct and then a trade to the next person and then a trade to the next person. And there's mm-hmm. purpose behind the things that they say, right? Um, so, I, you know, I've, sometimes I see a lot of sort of just, uh, you know, casual, more realistic conversation. Right. And, uh, you know, when it's you and me doing one-on-one, right? Like, we're going to do a little bit of one-on-one here. Of course, there's no problem because we're both being entertained, right? Sure. But when when you're talking about a whole party full of people, we need to make sure that the talking stick is getting passed around, mm. right? Because we want to make sure that everybody is at least modestly involved. Now, sometimes people take the stick and they just hand it right off, right? And that's not a problem. That's great, right? Mm. Uh, but they do need to have that opportunity to have it, right? And yeah. everybody does. And, and, you know, just like when you're on the schoolyard and you're playing basketball, if you never pass it, the kids are going to call you a ball hog. The same thing is true when it comes to the talking stick. Yeah, but know? like, what if you're easily the best? <laughs> but what if you're easily the best? Like, like Jamie Tart. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie okay, so Tart. I guess we're off topic again because, yeah, we just saw the new episode. <laughs> yeah, we did. Ted Lasso's back. I uh, only wish they released the whole season. I was so ready for episode okay, two. I gotta tell you, I hadn't actually finished season two. And so when I Uh-oh. started the show, it was a huge surprise to me that so-and-so was no longer an ally of her heroes. Ah, uh, uh-huh. And th- I was like, oh, <laughs> that's <Dude>. interesting. <laughs> I I cannot, I cannot even with with uh the person you're thinking of <laughs> he, uh, he who shall not be named yes he n- no spoilers for y'all out there because but you know that's gonna have a happy ending you know you know that that's going somewhere so i mean i think it's just that kind of show you know what i mean i i hope he i hope i mean, we'll I see hope, i've been surprised before you know who i knows? hope this person just finds themselves uh, unmovably stuck in the side of a massive trash compactor. Um, that's all I'm going to say. So I want to do a shout out to uh, Jen Solo here uh, yeah. be- because uh, Jen's one of our patrons. She's also been on the show um, and Jen is in uh, one of my patron games and Jen's uh, been she- on the show. Hasn't she didn't we interview her once? No, I or, don't think we did. Or was that a different uh, Dragna person? <laughs> uh we had we had Kaya on oh, the that's show. What Kaya it was. Kaya was on uh she was on twice bitten. Uh Jen is came to us from being a patron over oh. on Dragna's uh I thought she was also on that show. Um but still way, she's she, awesome. She might as well have been because uh I just want to do a shout out that Jen is an absolute pro. Right. Yeah. And, and so when it comes to things like role playing and dialogue, she very much wants to get into it. She wants to get into the thick of it and she wants to 
express and do her best, but she's also very cognizant of the passage of time, right? She got that secret ingredient. She does, you know, so she's thinking about, you know, passing it on. Some of our other players are a little bit newer, you know, and, and we're learning, but you know, in terms of, cause you, I, the reason I bring it up is cause you said, well, what if you're just better at it? It's like, well, the, <laughs> the best people that I've seen, and I know you're being facetious, but absolutely the, 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 the best people what do you mean? that have done it, <laughs> know these rules, right? They know, yeah, that it is about getting that stick passed around. Right. Well, and on top of that, they, they, they don't have a problem doing it. Like they, they, they not only understand the necessity of it, but they also embrace it and, and understand that executing it properly, not only makes it more fun for everyone else, but it makes it more fun for you too. If you really get a, get the hang of it. Yeah. I, I, I like that stuff. You know, I like, um, hundred percent. I like sharing, right? Sharing is caring as they say. And the same thing is true. So anyway, that I guess that might be like point number one. And, um, and then other than that is just thinking about what is the purpose, right? The purpose of the lines. And sometimes we talk because we're stalling because we're trying to figure out what we want to actually say. Right. Which is totally fine. Right. There is, I mean, we're all improving and we're all learning, and uh, bettering ourselves, but uh, well, this should be our what's goal. M- what's more, you know, oftentimes, like, like it's often said that the, you know, the the biggest the biggest boss that any of us have to face when playing this game, especially as adults, is scheduling. And quite often, there's at least a few people in the group who are not really playing at their most optimal time. You know, somebody's usually coming off work or, you know, they're tired or, you know, things like that. And trying to do good role playing when, when your head might not, when you might just not be a hundred percent makes it all the more difficult to really like be snappy with things and, you know, to really be on point with all of it. Right. Of course. So, but this is why we talk about these things, right? Is so that if people do want to improve, then we can, we can offer them that. Okay. Absolutely. So, all right, let's, let's do an example. All right. So uh, let's, let's go ahead and use your character from last time, unless you wanted to use somebody else. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to be Reginald again, so I want to be Reginald permanently. I'm going to just throw myself in the garbage and just, it's Reginald from here on out. All right. Yeah. Reginald, are you a battle, battle axe user? No. No, I would not no. have imagined no. so. No, I'm okay. not. But let's say that you need it. Okay. You need it maybe to give to your uh, other party member. Maybe it's actually the key to something. I don't know. Mm. For whatever reason, you need this masterwork battle axe that's been created by this orcish smith okay so that is your goal gotcha Um, but the only thing you really know about this guy is that he is a good blacksmith he is an orc and he uh made a really really good axe right Mm. that for whatever reason you gotta have it okay gotta have it need it want it can't stop won't stop okay so let's go ahead and get started. You approach the Smith. I do. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, mm. Would would you 
Would you happen to be the, uh, the smith of the black things, hmm? I, I am a smith, yes. Well, uh, Mr. Smith? My name is Garthok. Ah, Garthok Smith. Understood. Uh, you see, my name, uh, pleasure to meet you, Mr. Smith, Mr. Garthok Smith, uh, my name is Reginald Digby, and I am here from the uh, the Surveyors Guild. And my guild master has sent me to acquire a uh, a particular uh, axe that they have heard you possess, and they wish to possess said axe. And I am here to uh, facilitate said arrangement. Uh, I I don't suppose you would be willing to part with the uh, with this. X that you have been rumored to have. Garthok looks you over briefly. During most of your your talking there, he wasn't looking at you. He was just busily working on his next project. But as you complete your request, he takes just a moment to to look you up and down. He turns back to his work. No. Uh, I, I beg your pardon? I'm not selling it to you. But uh, s- selling Smith Things is your trade, is it not? Listen, Reginald, that's your name, yes? Yes, it is. You you seem like a nice enough man. Oh, thank I you very much. appreciate the uh, politeness. Your manner is, is, is well and all. Well, right. I, I make, when I make something really special, I don't just part with it for price. You understand. I have yeah. many other pieces, if you're interested but that one, I'm afraid, no, I would not be interested in parting with it. Well, surely there must be something we could do about this. Uh, if, if if price is not uh, what you see, what, uh, what would do for you to uh, part with such a, a, a worthy object? Hmm. He thinks about it for a moment. Now, I'm going to take a quick pause here, and I'm going to say... Um, a couple of good things here. So first of all, I said, I told his character, no, but I didn't just like standoffishly make him keep guessing until he said the magic words. Right. I'm Mm. telling, I'm telling, you no, but I'm also like giving you a hint. I'm also saying, Hey, there's a reason, right? I'm, I'm moving the conversation even though we're illustrating that Garthok is actually trying to shut the conversation down. Right. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to talk, but as a game and as a, as a player of the game, we want to make sure that the, the audience, so to speak. And I like to pretend there's an audience whenever I'm doing this, you know, uh, you know, they need to know, Hey, there's, there's gotta be more to it. And then the other really good thing here is that, you come around and then you're like, hey, what do you want? Which, by the way, if you don't know what else to ask, that is the perfect question to ask, right? And Man, that's the perfect question to ask in life. In you life, figure right? out anything <laughs> no with what. anyone. If you know what somebody wants, that's you got it. them. That's it. You know, that's so in, in a way of, of saying it that's appropriate for Reginald. He's like, there must be something we can arrange. And if price isn't what you seek, then what can we, what can we do? Yes, indeedy. Okay. So now I could be more standoffish, but I want to get, keep things moving. Right. Right. And so I'll illustrate that he's a little bit, um, 
at odds with himself, but we're going to move on. So Garthok uh, looks at the axe that's hanging on the wall from where he's working. He looks back at you. He shakes his head. This axe, it represents a lot to me. Oh, I put a lot of myself into it, trying to get it just right. And I'm very proud of it. Um, I don't want it to go to some wealthy noble or, or merchant that's going to resell it or is going to simply decorate their belt or their wall. Ah. I want this to be in the hands of a warrior. I want this axe to taste blood as it was meant to. Ew, how and as I look upon you, Reginald, I don't see that man. Ew, it uh, never would uh, have been for me. Uh, <laughs> no, I... I I would not be worthy of such a uh, such an implement. But you know, uh, while I do understand your sentiment, I find myself curious. Uh, when you say you put a lot of yourself into this axe and its creation, it sounds like it was quite an ordeal to make it. And I was, uh, even though I'm, it is not for me. I do find myself very curious about uh, the experience you went through to create it. I Would you at least tell me about that? So at this point, um, you're asking for a thing that he doesn't necessarily want to give, right? But you have listened and you're adapting. You're doing something, right? So there's a question here. And so if there's a question as to how Garthok is going to respond... What ought we to do? Roll a check. Yeah, let's roll a check, right? All right. In this case, um, you know, if we're just playing Dungeons and Dragons, then uh, we can assume that Reginald is not intimidating or deceiving. And he's probably trying to persuade, right? Mm -hmm. If there's ever a question, we can just make a charisma check, right? So, yes, indeed. Let's go ahead and have Reginald make a persuasion check. All right. Hey. 18 and that's 18. with a one in charisma and no proficiencies at all. The die was nice to me. So generally speaking, you know, if I'm loosely setting a DC in my head, I tend to think of 15 as your typical baseline, right? If I'm asking for anything below 15, I might not even ask, um, or I might have started at 15 and then maybe lowered it based on something that happened in the scene, right? Or increased it as the, the case may be. So generally speaking, 15 is going to be pretty good for me. And convincing uh, this guy to just talk a little bit while annoying for him, certainly an 18 is going to be plenty, right? Mm. And so I would say that that is, that is a, a modest success, right? Ray, and, and so of course I wouldn't say it like that. Instead, we're going to to do it this way. So I wasn't always in a human settlement. I was raised by uh, my my people, the the Orcish people, and I learned their traditional techniques. And I thought I would be working with them for some time, but they well, they're no more. And this what, is all I all have of them. They're all gone. This is all I have left of them. Oh, oh dear. The memories, the lessons I received from from my master, they're hanging on that wall. Well, I can understand why they would 
why it would be so valuable to you. Certainly uh, worth more than just coin. Again, if you are interested in something else, I'd be happy to work with you. Hmm. Well, what if I told you that that axe would be going into the hands of a proficient wielder? I would need more than words, I'm afraid. Would you need me to bring them by themselves in person? They they were, uh, in point of fact, just incredibly busy and, uh, you know, working for the guild and all. They are away on a mission, but they uh, sent me to basically help them out. And, you know, being the helpful fellow I am, I, I thought, why not? Uh, but I can see that, uh, you have a very personal attachment to this and rightfully so. Uh, I certainly don't mean any disrespect whatsoever. Could I bring this, uh, this fellow back and, uh, continue this with you then? All right, go ahead and give me another persuasion check. All right. That's going to be 13. Okay. So am I to wait here? For you to find some actor who looks the type, and then for me to part with my axe that way. Well, I'll, if you I'll consider need more me than to look at the man. What? Uh, well, in that case, instead of me trying to guess at what you would need, why don't you tell me what you require for such a fine piece, and I will do my best to get that for you. And if what I get you does not meet your expectations, then you need not part with it at all. Does that sound reasonable? I can see you're not going to let this go easily. I'll well, tell you what. I was told to do a thing, you know. I'll tell you what. I've, uh, I've got a little test. There's some more that I need. It's within a cavern south of here. They say that trolls haunt the caverns. But within it, if you can find... The black ore therein. I will consider you and your friend to be worthy of the axe, but then I will sell it to you. Hmm. Well, I guess that does it then. I'll, uh, I shall pass along this message and we will do what we can to, uh, acquire that for you. And if we are unable to, then you will be bothered by us no longer. You have Truly, my way. No. Complaints, no deal making. You accept these terms. Well, it's a then it's quite you, a handsome piece. You are off to a good start. Then you are an interesting man, Reginald. I'd be uh, interested to see what you achieve. Well, I'll be interested to see as well. I must get back to work. Very well. It was a pleasure meeting you, Mister Gorthok Smith, and I will hopefully see you shortly. He turns back and continues working. Oh, dear, it's loud in there. Okay, so that was pretty good. I think it was a bit lengthy. I, I could see it with um, uh, players, like other players. I could see them checking their phones, looking at other tabs, you know, kind of checking out a little bit. So we want to make sure that we, we keep it moving, that we're succinct. Um, now, part of Reginald's character is that he's wordy, right? He's... Um, he's a fancy man, let's say <laughs> he sure is. And so he's going to over explain. And this is irritating the, the orc to no end, which I should have illustrated. Um, now 
in in Dungeons and Dragons, they give um, every character uh, a few different things that make up their personality. And uh, there's four of them. And what are those? Ideals, bonds, flaws, and oh my goodness, why am I drawing a blank? It's because it's like the more quirky one. <laughs> it's the personality trait, right? Oh, and the trait. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you absolutely got it, right? So what would you say uh, was his main personality trait? That he's short. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, no. I I don't mean Uh, in stature. (laughs) I mean, like he's Kurt. He's, he's very, you know. I don't mean he's like not tall. That's I'm sorry. Not a personality. He, he, he like suddenly <laughs> shrunk in my mind. Like I was looking at the picture in my brain and then he like, <laughs> it's like, you can't possibly think I mean physically. Okay. I was like, Fair uh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He, he likes to keep it simple. Uh, what are some of his ideals? He cares very much about his his culture. He cares about hard work and he values that to a large degree above money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally got it. And yeah. um any ideas to his bond? His his bond is to that axe. Well, what does the axe represent? It represents his family. Right, right, absolutely. And would you say that he has a flaw? Well, I'm sure that he has a flaw. I mean, it, at the I, very we didn't least, illustrate it very hard, but you know, at the very least, you know, I I would say that it maybe just goes along with his just kind of sort of his bluff demeanor or the fact that he you know maybe he doesn't take he doesn't take people who are not like conventionally strong as seriously, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he is a little bit too uh, skin deep, right, when it comes to uh, his assessment of others. I mean, he he looks at Reginald and decides he's unworthy, mm. right? But Reginald could have a lot more going for him. Now, we don't know Reginald very well, but as a hero of our story, we would assume that he has strength beyond his stature, mm. right? And so that's generous. <laughs> and that would be a good thing for us to be able to illustrate. And it makes Reginald interesting. It makes the NPC interesting, right? Mm. And so not only are we going to exchange an ax for money, right? But we're also exchanging ideals, bonds, flaws, and everything else, right? Right. In this like game of expression. So that's pretty useful. So ultimately, um, we've given the the party a little quest that they can accomplish to do D&D things, which they want to do anyway. Sure. Right. And now they'll get an additional reward on top of whatever else they do. Right. Right. Now, there, there wasn't just one way for Reginald to prove himself. Of right? course. There could have been lots of different ways that the Smith might part with the ax. Right. But I did have the, the quest to go get or, you know, in the pocket just yeah. in case. Right. We needed it like because I wanted to make sure that there was some some way that it that it could happen. And so, like, as a GM, you want to hold your your cards kind of close to the chest, but you still want to play them. Yeah, that's true. Because when we're all holding our cards, nobody's playing, right? Yeah. And then we everything grinds to a standstill. And things can become very much like a battle of egos when it comes to dialogue. Yeah. Something where it's no longer, you know, Reginald and Garthok, but now it's Adam and Andrew. 
Yeah. Right? And button heads. And that's never fun. And, and people can tell when that's going on. The energy totally changes. Oh, it's, and, and it's it not so my, good. That is probably my least favorite thing about this hobby. Full stop. <laughs> like, no, I have no, no doubt. No, yeah. no hyperbole. I hate, hate, hate that garbage. I hate yeah. it. Yeah. And it is garbage. It is garbage, but it happens. And mm-hmm. so I think the important thing is that as we go into this dialogue, you're not trying to beat Garthok, right? You you are trying to interact with him. And same thing from my perspective. I'm not trying to defeat you. I'm trying to bring something out of you. Well, right? and you know, like the the way I think about it too is like and and this is not just something with Reginald. This is I try to do this with pretty much all my characters. It's like I feel like something that's very easy for people to do when they play tabletop RPGs is is they they forget how the real world works. Like like if you were to like go to somebody's garage sale right. and you'd like to buy something that they have there or you you know maybe you see something in their right. garage that maybe isn't even for sale but mm-hmm. you decide you're going to chat up the person who's there and say hey you know that stereo over there looks pretty nice you know would you be willing to part with that oh you know my grandpa gave that to me or something you know you're not you're not just going to get just blatantly aggressive with the person you're not going to start <laughs> threatening them you're not going to like you're definitely not going to straight up fight them or try to steal the thing you know, you're right. going to chat with them a little bit. And if it's something that you really want, you negotiate a little bit and you treat them like another human being with some respect and some dignity and, you know, just don't be a jerk. And I that, feel like a, a lot of times, key. yeah, with with D&D, especially with with the fact that a lot of D&D does feel built around encouraging combat and stuff, right. which which is completely understandable. It's easy to kind of get lost in that combative mindset Mm, and forget how to, how to act and interact like a person, you know? Absolutely. No, 100%. Because I think you hit the nail on the head where it's like that feeling of, of combat sometimes leaks into this aspect of the game. It definitely does. Right. And every now and then there is a social interaction where maybe that is the point. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, you're trying to have a little battle of wits with the big, bad, evil guy or whatever. Sure. Right. But even then, I would still say, you know, don't like talk over the other person. Let them get their point across. Don't monologue so much. Unless you're a paladin, then you have absolute permission to monologue. <laughs> that's your dang job. I'm pretty sure that's a class feature, right? <laughs> you know, though, I will I will say but this, keep it short. Because I know that that you have you've pointed out plenty of times on this show ways that you've screwed up in the past. And yeah. one one screw up that I have had playing playing with you especially over the years, one of the things that I have learned almost to a fault is when the big bad evil guy, especially if they're like a freaking demon or like an objectively bad dragon or some, you know, something like that, you don't let them talk because the instant they start talking, 
They'll get in your head and they'll get you thinking about all kinds of stuff and they'll like start messing with you. So in one of our games and one of our campaigns, namely uh, home, you had near the very end of the campaign, a big like an ancient white dragon showed up and wanted to kind of wanted to do a little verbal sparring before just freezing us all to death or whatever and i actually was playing a paladin at the time and i had no truck with this fool i was not about to to give this enemy the time of day and in my head that felt reasonable but in retrospect and after i sat and thought about it and after i even talked to you about it it basically came down to like hey man like i i know that you don't want the villain to like pull the wool over your eyes and stuff but like it it would also be cool like i'd appreciate it if if the bad guy got to like talk a bit too and like do his bad guy speech thing and i was like you know what that's totally fair yeah and you know you you want the players want to get their you know their speech flying in, in. But, right. And so does the GM, you know, and, right. and that that also is kind of that secret ingredient sort of thing where it's like, you know what, just because what's even the point of having a bad guy if you can't monologue a little bit with them? Right. right. Like you it's want, a trope for a reason. Well, and also they're, you're trying to express their motivation, right? Right. Like, why are you doing these horrible things? So it's like, well, I, I do have a reason, right? And Let now, me sometime, enumerate them for you. Right. And then you can, you and then hopefully more. if you're, if you're doing things well, then it's probably some sort of twist on maybe the way your heroes used to see things or a, a corruption of the way they see them now. Right. And it, where it's some sort of like battle of ideology. Right. Yeah. And so, cause, cause that's, you know, storytelling essentially. Right. Um, and so I, the other thing I would just say is, as we're wrapping up here is when you're, when you're engaging in dialogue and when you're doing these like social checks and stuff like that, um, remember that the most important thing is that the story is happening, right? We are still yeah. telling story. So when, when Garthok is talking, he's not just a guy working in a shop. He is, a character with motivations and we need to learn a little bit about him. Mm. And then, and then Reginald needs to do the same thing. And um, with Garthok even had like kind of a short story to, to share, right? right. Which is helpful. So if you can tell stories or, 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 you know, hit on backstory ideas, that's a good way to get that out too. Right. It and is. that's good both ways. So yeah anyway that that would be kind of that's that's the way i see it at least when it comes to dialogue do you have anything else to add i mean you know i and and i know that we have gone different ways on this before and i i don't want to belabor it i i am not the biggest fan of viewing things as if uh as if you're playing to an audience um okay I and and this is again this is just a personal preference for me what I what I look for is more of a feeling of natural immersion and like because because dramatic dialogue while while part of you know making video games or making movies 
or, you know, things like that. For me, one of the things I enjoy most when I play a tabletop RPG is to is to feel like I'm really in in the world. And a lot of times focusing on making sure the dialogue is always dramatic and things like that, it distracts me from from feeling immersed because in like people don't actually really talk like that. Like you do have casual conversation. Like when you watch a Quentin Tarantino movie, you know, like a Royale with cheese, like, you know, there, there is dialogue that doesn't freaking that, that has a point. Well, the whole idea, the, the Royale with cheese, that's, that's targeted. Tarantino doesn't waste time with dialogue. All, all I'm saying is that, there there are examples of of dialogue that is like not always necessarily like just straight up plot driving kind of stuff or you know it regardless of that even if that was a bad example what i'm saying is i prefer having like the casual stuff having yeah. you know just just sitting down and having a nice chat with someone well, even if and, it's and about I the weather i think that that's fine when it's you and me, right? When it's like one-on-one. But my biggest problem is that there is an audience, right? And like, if it isn't just you, you two, then your, your common discussion back and forth better be freaking interesting, right? Because sure. I really don't want other players to check out or to feel like they're getting ignored. And sometimes this kind of talk can go on for too long, frankly. And when you're engaged in that dialogue, it can be hard to gauge that. Sure. So, and, and I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that. Like uh if, if you look around the table and you can see that people are checking out and that people are not having a good time and that the casual conversation is only being enjoyed by the like maybe two or three people who are directly involved with it in the moment, then yeah, wrap it up but if well, everybody's you know, having a good time and well of course it, you know then- if, if they're engaged if they're engaged with it but then in that case i'm not sure we're doing nothing even if it's just like we're doing comedy or or getting somewhere i don't see how they could be not i i don't see how they could be in a situation where they're engaged but the players aren't talking about anything at the very least they're expressing character right and so mm. there is still purpose uh, behind all of that um, I, in some fashion or another. But I, we just need to be cognizant that that other people are sitting here and we can't forget about them just because they're not in the dialogue. Oh, yeah, right? that's that. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, um, that's good. And by the way, I, you know, a lot of folks try to, you know, stream their games or record their games, put them up. And I still see this. It's like you will literally have an audience and and you're still just droning. Right. And it's it's like, come on, come on, keep it moving. So people are watching this. Right. Mm. Um, keep it going. Be cognizant of those people. It's like being at the the, the friggin drive through and the, the, the moment you get up to the the, the thing, you're like, um, let me look at the menu. Mm. it's like dude there's a line come on so you know again when when we're talking about secret and secret ingredient stuff it's like also you know 
let's be um, cognizant and and polite, right? Right. That, that's just that's just part of it. That doesn't mean that we can't learn what Garthok's um, favorite cat is, right? <laughs> yeah. That that could be relevant, right? That could totally. I want to know even if it's not relevant. I'll make right. it relevant at some point. I, I have had one or two situations where I have sat and watched two characters interact for like an hour or longer, and I without my character being able to do anything, right? Yeah, that's that's too much. And these two people aren't Shakespeare, right? So it's not <laughs> it's not riveting. Yeah. Right? So. Anyway, um, I, I just think that, you know, we want to have purpose. Um, that's about it for me, man. Um, yeah. So hopefully that kind of covers the the dialogue. It could be interesting to look in something where like, how do we do like the intimidate, you know, kind of exchange or I do need to kind of beat this person in dialogue mm. without it feeling like that battle of egos. Uh, but the only thing I'll just say really fast is that DM, you probably should just lose, right? Yeah. That's usually the easiest way. Like let the player feel cool. Put up um, a bit of a fight and then put cave. up a bit of a fight, but ultimately let the snarky hero feel like Tony Stark sometimes. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, that's, that's why they're here usually. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but, but also make sure that the bad guy is getting to talk because it is also possible that your DM is giving you information <laughs> that oh, you need sure. to use. Right. And so, definitely. all righty. Well, that's it for me, man. Uh, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. huh? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening. And if you've enjoyed the show, please head on over to our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. Check out the different tiers. And if you can support us at one of them, and one of the cool things you get is we've got our really super great Patreon uh, patron only discord channel. And that's where we've got a lot of discussion about this kind of stuff, as well as, you know, we'll have folks talking about, you know, campaign advice and, you know, or even getting into games with each other or, you know, when Adam runs games, it's always through our discord and all sorts of things like that. Um, and if you enjoyed the show, but you can't afford uh, to support the show for whatever reason, that's totally fine. hundred percent understandable. We would at the very least appreciate you spreading the word and sending folks our way because we want to get the message out there and help as many folks in this hobby as we can. So if you would be so kind as to do that, you would have our eternal gratitude. Um, all that stuff having been said, thank you for listening and go back. Think about the stuff that we mentioned tonight. Try to make your dialogue more dramatic, more impactful, more meaningful, and keep things moving along and help everybody at your table to have a great time. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye. Bye.